Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again. Today, the sun is shining here in the Twin Cities at the very least. And the Minnesota Wild continue to play, well, they continue to win games. (laughs) Play well? Uh, Let's be careful about that, but certain players are certainly playing well. Other ones are having weird little stints on the ice and yeah, and they're getting benched, like very big names. Yeah, it's not always the best situation. But the Minnesota Wild win somehow, someway, win three out of the last four and now have 103 points tied with the St. Louis Blues. It's showtime! The theme of today's show is just kind of, again, looking closer and closer to the playoffs. We will be playing the St. Louis Blues. That's basically what it's going to be. Who's going to have home ice? We're not sure. Minnesota Wild have one game in hand versus the Blues at the moment. Minnesota has uh, 48 wins, 21 losses, 7 OT loss, OT or shootout losses, whereas St. Louis has 46 wins, 20 losses, and 11 of the OT shootouts, whatever the heck you call it, nonsense. 76 games played for Minnesota, 77 for St. Louis, so it's going to be interesting. The Wild have a shot to have home ice, and the crazy frustrating stat when, when you talk about home ice in the postseason with Minnesota is the Wild have had three series in their history, where they've actually hosted the series, and the Minnesota Wild have lost all three of them, getting swept by the Anaheim Ducks in the Western Conference Finals in 2003. (laughs) You make that miracle run, beating Colorado and Vancouver, two great teams at the time, and then play Anaheim, who was, what, the seventh seed? We were the sixth, and we get swept. Go figure. (laughs) And Anaheim took New Jersey all the way to Game 7 in the final, but lost. So, I mean, we might have lost anyway, because it was New Jersey. They They were deadly at the time. Um... Then we won the division in 2007, uh, 2008, pardon me. Seven was the Ducks series where both teams were really, really good, but the Ducks just beat the crap out of us and beat us in five games. Ducks at home ice there. Um, Colorado, though, who we played, what, it was the second of three series with Colorado in the playoffs. We had home ice, and we lost in six games. Go figure. So, of course, both series, we were the quote-unquote underdog, and we had to play on the road. We won. The Wild won in seven games. We lost the... Home ice went in six. Remember, got swept by the Ducks in 2003 Western Conference Finals. Ugh. Unbelievable. That was disgusting. But it is what it is. You know, (laughs) we ran into a red-hot goalie who almost won it for the Ducks that year. And then in, of course, 2017, Minnesota Wild had the second-best record in the NHL. Yeah. And we played Mike Yo's, Mike Yo's, St. Louis Blues, who who had a pretty good roster, pretty good roster and ran into a red we ran into a red hot goalie named Jake Allen and we also didn't put up the best shots we ever saw and little did we know the leadership on this team was uh 
it was uh, polluting the locker room much more than we thought at the time. Minnesota had to lose it only five games in that series. So we'll see. We'll see how much home ice advantage means. I think it means something versus St. Louis. And, of course, again, two years earlier, the Minnesota Wild beat the St. Louis Blues fairly easily. Not not really, but kind of in six games. We had some tough moments in that series, but that was a, an exciting season. Devin Dubnik looked like he was the best acquisition ever. And then we got swept by the Blackhawks in the next round. Yeah, that yeah, that was really disappointing, just a little bit. But, uh, yep, that's the last time Minnesota has been in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Completely different roster now. Marco Scandella is on the other side <laughs> compared to back then. Oh, well, Marco Scandella, I think, is a shell of himself. Minnesota did play Dallas, St. Louis, San Jose, and Montreal, and of course, the one team we lost to was the St. Louis Blues. We're like, oh, in 99. No, I'm kidding. We've lost a lot of games recently against the Blues. Of course, it was a different team back at 17 and all that good stuff. St. Louis has dominated us for the last X amount of years. It is what it is. Will Minnesota come in with a completely different approach in the playoffs this time around? Will we defeat the St. Louis Blues? Come in with a different confidence, a different swagger, and all that. Hopefully, we're not looking to just get in fights and then get our asses handed to us in five games. But uh, let's digress right back to the games. I'll try to move fairly quick, quickly with these because I want to talk a lot about Kevin Fiala, generally speaking. Just more and more pleading for somehow, some way, the Minnesota Wild being able to keep Kevin Fiala. The Wild defeated the Dallas Stars last Thursday in OT. What's up with Jason Robertson, man? Every time the Wild play Jason Robertson, this guy scores, and it's just like, come on, man. He tied the game up uh, early in the third period. Of course, he scored early in the second as well, second period. He would get the two goals for the Dallas Stars. Marc-Andre Fleury was generally pretty damn solid. The second goal could have been better, though. That was a little bit weird. It was mostly Robertson putting the puck on net, and he magically was able to score in that one. Fleury did not have his best week, but still wonderful stats in the game. But it's just that wasn't a pretty goal. But overall, again, stopping 34 of 36 shots isn't the worst thing I ever saw. Almost 95% save percentage. It only gave up two goals. Kevin Fiala continues his dominance. Three-point game in this instance, two goals and an assist. Frederick Goudreau continues to play really stellar as well. He had a goal and two assists, and his passing skills are just off the charts. And he's actually become a pretty damn good scorer as well. Uh, the move he put on in OT was awesome. And it was nice to see that Jason Robertson was the guy he put the move on. Him being Frederick Goudreau, absolutely awesome. Uh, one thing I should note as well, you're probably noticing my voice could be a little bit better. Yeah, I have a silver lasange in my mouth right now nano silver all that good stuff uh i don't know what the heck every time i think i'm better now it's like back again i don't know what's going on so i'm extremely frustrated with my health of late i don't know why i, I really don't know why it's stupid but luckily the minnesota wild healthy enough to defeat the dallas stars in a three to two victory really impressed with my frederick goudreau freddie goudreau has been doing. It's hard to complain about him being in the roster and being higher up on the Lions. He's looking more and more like a legitimate player right now. You could just say he's a late bloomer, I guess. Ryan Hartman's a relatively late bloomer. And he's 26. He wasn't scoring 59 points. He was. He didn't have 30 goals, stuff like that. Uh, Jules Erickson X taken a little bit of a while as well. 24 years of age, now 41 points this season. Also career highs, but yeah, Freddie Goudreau, 40 points. At age of 28, from no, from yeah, from yeah, <laughs> he's a French Canadian. Let's just leave it at that. But that was a beautiful goal. Just really impressed with Freddie Goudreau lately. The last month or so, 
He's really, really taking a step up. Uh, when he came to Minnesota, it's like, gosh, he scores like one goal every 50 games or something. It was insane. Like the the, the droughts, the goal-scoring droughts that Freddie Goudreau has had. But he's still here. He's still in the NHL. And, but uh, obviously, again, this year has definitely been a career year for him. And that kind of leads to the whole Kevin Fiala conversation and having Matt Boldy with Kevin Fiala and not wanting to break up this line at all costs. Keep them together somehow, some way. It's got to be a way. Hope and pray to God that that could happen. Obviously, the cap situation continues to get tighter and tighter when you sign other players to extensions and such. Keeping uh, keeping guys like John Merrill. It wasn't the most expensive contract ever, but it's still something. $1.2 million is still something. That's still cap space. Alex Galagoski, $2 million. That's cap space. That's cap space. That's no longer cap space. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you want to probably want to keep Jacob Middleton. He's only making 725. People are talking up to four million dollars coming forward. I don't know about that. If that happens, that's game over. I don't think Jacob Middleton's a four million dollar player, but even two, it's just again that's more cap space. That's not going to be there. So that's the frustrating part. Kevin Fiala, seven million. You know, it's like you wish the Wild could have kept him for seven million in the off season. I kind of wish that could have happened. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish it could happen. It ended up being kind of a prove it year. He still got a significant raise in Kevin Fiala. What he went up from like three to five. I mean, that's still a raise. But I mean, it would have been nice to have the commitment and like about seven million per. People were thinking, oh, he's not seven million. You know, he's this, he's that. He's inconsistent. Now he might be eight, and eight might be not so great. Uh, somehow, some way, Minnesota Wild might have to trade a bunch of players away or something to even try to keep him. And will we be willing to do that? Six million, of course, that's the, the, the quick and easy thing, is to trade Matt Dumba. But do you want to trade him, blah, blah, blah? I say yes, I would do it. I would do it because I think Matt Dumba is much more replaceable than Kevin Fiala. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Fiala has, what, 75 points on the season. He's projected to get about 80. So <laughs> he's been a point-a-game player. He's actually been above a point-a-game player since around midway point of the season. Had a slow start to the year. Kirill Kaprizov had a slow start to the year. I mean, he, he did. Only guys like Hartman and Julius and X started strong. Felino, you could say, did as well. Galagoski started strong. You know, guys like that. Uh, Zuccarillo's this, Zuccarillo's that. But uh, Kaprizov, obviously, 94 points. To say he came off to a slow start this year sounds kind of funny now. Uh, and he's, he's kind of been slowing down a little bit lately. But you know it's still coming. I still believe he gets to 100 points. As he's projected to get right about that right now with a couple of quiet games. Goal-scoring all-time record there uh, with 43. Zuccarello all-time assists with 53. And Kaprizov's got 51, so you know he's going to continue to break that record. Kaprizov and Zuccarello are going to have the two highest assist seasons of all time, at least for now until in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? Who's going to top that? Maybe Freddie Goudreau, right? No, I don't know. Kevin Fiala's got 45 assists. Don't forget that. 45 assists. Uh, thought he had the 30th goal of the season when the Wild defeated the San Jose Sharks in OT, but Spurgeon tipped it. Good for Jared Spurgeon, who's got 38 points. He's not far off a career high anymore. He had a slow start to the season in the points category. Generally played super well, though, to be quite bleeping fair. Brandon DeHaime will get a point once every month, maybe, at this point. He's like a point-a-month guy lately. <laughs> lately, I'm just kind of being sar semi-sarcastic. He's certainly slowed down. Uh, injuries, unfortunately, have been a bit of an issue as well, which is freaking frustrating. Guys like uh, Greenway, Dumba, of course, still out. 
you know, uh, Mitchell Jeffrey has been called up, which is nice. Uh, Chevy, obviously, college free agent a year ago. Been pretty good, generally speaking. And, well, he's been really good in Iowa. Uh, Felino's got injuries all over the place. Maybe a groin, maybe a broken hand. I mean, we're talking some painful stuff all over his body. So, hopefully he'll be okay. Again, Dumbo, we already talked about that. Yeah, the shoulder issue, basically. Jake Middleton's been playing top four minutes, of course. That's why he could get a substantial raise in the offseason here or somewhere else. So, it's a lot to talk about in the offseason. It's going to be uh, fascinating. Of course, you want to talk more and more about the St. Louis Blues, and let's get to that about now. It's probably a good idea. Unfortunately, the Wild lost to the St. Louis Blues again. But, I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to lose in the playoffs. The only crappy part is CEA. You got a point. You had an overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues. Only our seventh overtime loss of the year compared to other teams out there. Like, St. Louis actually has 11 now on the year. Um, but, unfortunately, like I've said in the past, and like most of you know, you don't get a point in the playoffs. You lose, you lose. I mean, what if it's Game 7 of a series? Well, see you next year. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo! You know it's been a long year since October. Been all these 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 tough these tough games, these great wins, these nice moments, and I guess we get to start all the frick over with a clean slate. Yay! You know teams that are looking forward to a clean slate like Detroit, like uh, you know, like like Montreal. I'm sure they're looking for a clean slate. They can't wait for that. Winnipeg teams like that, not Minnesota, not St. Louis. You know, and whoever loses this series, it's just going to be a sad, frustrating thing because both of these teams could be a cup contender should one of us get past the Colorado Avalanche. Because I think whoever, if one of the teams gets past Colorado, you just might be able to beat Calgary, maybe, just because of the whole momentum thing, the glass ceiling deal. But I've got a feeling about Calgary, too, though. Let's just leave that till a little bit later, see if my vibe continues to head in that direction. Freddie Goudreau got his 13th goal of the season in this game. Minnesota Wild ended up losing 6-5. to five. As you're thinking how great uh, Talbot's been, but this game, I mean, it's just, I mean, five goals is five goals. It, it is what it is. It's frustrating. So what are you going to do? Uh, six goals. Right? I mean, he gave up six goals in the game. In over, you know, the overtime was a six goal, so it messes around a tiny bit with the goals against average. But it was only 41 seconds into OT, and it was not good. I think it was the defense in front of, Cam Talbot and St. Louis Blues just played super well in this game. There's no question about it. Ryan Hartman ended up getting a couple of goals, which he ended up feeling great for him as he just continues to be spectacular three-point game for him. Kaprizov, two-point game. Um, but the Wild look kind of silly in moments in this game. And going down 4-1 to to St. Louis is not a fun thing at all. It's extremely frustrating. So, I mean, you just don't come out of this game with a good feeling necessarily. Uh, Connor DeWer, you know, was up here just in case, but of course scratched. Dumba, Greenway, Merrill. Greenway, uh, Dumba, Greenway, and Merrill, those guys have been out, unfortunately. Greenway injured not too long ago. They're saying it might be kind of serious, so we'll see. Hopefully he'll be okay for the playoffs. Sounds like Dumba and Merrill will be okay for the playoffs at the very least. Tarasenko, Saad, all scoring in the game. Braden Shen getting the OT winner in a very frustrating moment where the Wild just could not clear the puck out of the zone, couldn't, couldn't get the puck out of the zone, anything. It just felt like, I don't know, it just felt like it just flat out wasn't our night, to be quite fair. Even though the Wild did their classic uh, furious rally, and it felt like a legitimate furious rally, not like the ones back in the Suter-Parisi era that happened all the time where we'd end up losing, but it ended up being that way. It ended up being with the Wild losing. So, extremely frustrating Again, uh, St. Louis looks unbelievable. They look red hot. It's going to be a really, really, really tough series. 
Minnesota can and should be able to beat the St. Louis Blues, but it would probably take seven games. And, well, Minnesota's history in Game 7s has been pretty good. Unfortunately, last year the, the winning streak was snapped, so maybe we can start a new one. If we have to play on the road versus the St. Louis Blues, there's a chance that could happen. It's like 50-50-ish right about now. Some people might even say St. Louis should be able to get it because they've been so on fire. But at least the Wild have been hanging with St. Louis most of the time this week, thank God. Our only loss was an OT, so the Wild did get 7 out of 8 points. So while points actually count, that's the good part about this versus this team. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating, tough series. Uh, they're battle-tested. Obviously, Brandon Sods won Stanley Cups with Colorado. You know, Tarasenko, he missed... Uh, he, he really, I mean, he, he, he missed a chunk of the season when the uh, St. Louis Blues won it all. Of course, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, statistically, he's certainly having a down year, but he's one of the better leaders in the NHL, and he was a phenomenal addition. Uh, St. Louis has definitely been a better team uh, ever since he got there. It's just been a different team. It's just a different vibe. Like, they could go all the way you know, ever since he got there. You just don't think of the Blues the same way. Like, the classic team that, yep, they're good, they're dangerous, but they're going to choke in the playoffs because they always do. This is the Blues. The Blues don't win anything. You know, 50 years. You know, 50 freaking years. They make the playoffs out, 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 out. Oh, they got to the conference final this year. Yeah, but then they got killed in four games, four or five games to the Colorado Avalanche or something like back in the day. Um, Detroit Red Wings, who the heck ever, you know? <laughs> who the heck ever? It was always like that, though, with St. Louis. They actually got to the conference final. Wow. And then it was just game freaking over. But ever since Ryan O'Reilly got there, it's like, this team could go all the way. <laughs> but, well, they did it once. We'll see if they can do it again. We'll see. Uh, there definitely is that vibe. Uh, definitely have a better vibe than that lately. Vili Huso has been awesome. Obviously, I, I like his helmet, too. It's classic looking. So, <laughs> I like that classic look. Not that that's important for anything. but And, of course, Craig Berube is a big reason why the uh, St. Louis Blues are a Stanley Cup champ and a Stanley Cup threat every year since he's been there. Uh, he's a good coach. He's a damn good coach. And he doesn't really have that... I don't see him as really a shelf life kind of guy like some of them out there. San Jose Sharks, Minnesota Wild. What a sloppy game. We won. We won. We beat the Sharks. Yeah, but it was slop. It was sloppy. It was crappy. And we did lose to them earlier this year. It was another one of those high-scoring, sloppy nights. Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't real good. He wasn't real good, but he did put a, he did put up a spectacular play that led to the game-winning goal much later, but still along the way. What the heck? Oh, no, that was the Dallas Stars game. I'm, that was the Dallas Stars game that he did that, obviously, to Johnny, uh, to Freddie Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau is having a 100-point season, by the way, for the Calgary Flames. Thank you very much to the uh, poor team that cut Johnny Goudreau in the Fantasy Hockey League. I am in the final. It's like a tie. I'm a second, I was a second-place team. I'm playing the number one team, so... Wish me luck. It's a tie. Woo! It's a. It's fun. It goes to the through next week. Hopefully, I can win my third champ. No, f fourth, fourth championship over the last many, many years. So it'd be, it'd be nice for that word to take place. This this was the Jared Spurgeon call. Where Kevin Fiala, yes, uh, put the puck on net. Looked like he'd scored his 30th goal of the season after tying the game up for his 29th midway through the third. Fiala, absolutely spectacular week, and he just continues to make everyone excited. Matt Boldy continues to be a piece. That second line is just, you know, they absolutely have carried this team during the course of this week. Uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello got benched during the course of this one. Again, dumb mistake on the Benino goal. Extremely frustrating, helping the Sharks take a 4-3 lead. Uh, you just have a 
bad feeling, you know, when you see stuff like that. Just kind of like a lazy dump pass in the neutral zone, and it leads to a terrible mistake. And stuff like this, it's just like, oh, we're playing the Sharks, we'll be fine. And just hope this team can stop playing like this, stop playing down to the level of your opponent. Kind of like the Minnesota Vikings have done forever, <laughs> going back to Dennis Green and even before that, Jerry Burns, and probably not Bud Grant, but Jerry Burns. It's, uh, stop playing down to the level of your opponent. Stop screwing around. Luckily, Minnesota was able to survive, but I can imagine the tongue lashing they got during each period, during each intermission, and of course, post-game conversation as well, and in the practice the next day. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to be better than this. I know they're an NHL team, but that's the whole point. They are an NHL team, so play like it. Play like they're an NHL team. You're not playing the Iowa Wild. You're not playing the San Diego Gulls. You know, you're playing against the San Jose Sharks. Like it or not, they're an NHL team. They've won 29 games. I mean, 29 is better than nothing. They're not that far away from 500. So a team that's not far away from 500 can beat you on any night. Especially when you have Timo Mayer, who's a freaking awesome player. Uh, at a... <laughs> Had a bad penalty late in the game, which helped cost the Sharks. But it is what it is, Timo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't imagine the frustration, but it's how it goes. Um, sorry. <laughs> Nick Benino, shorthanded goal. That was really, really, really frustrating. Stupid, careless play. Minnesota, uh, again. Jared Spurgeon had a multi-goal game. And again, he's almost at 40 points on the season. Delorier returns. You got to like that. Connor DeWare got to play. And he won, he won six uh, six out of nine face-offs. That's really nice. Wild were actually pretty good in the face-off circle. Freddie Goudreau, nine and three. Only Hartman was not so good. Four and six, meaning four four for six. Whatever. No, four and six. I mean, he's losing, of course. Um, Boldy's been showing up every night. He's been a factor. And I can't imagine anybody really complaining about that. Uh, Fiala, four-point night versus the Sharks. And, you know, that's the thing. When guys were kind of slacking off and sucking, Fiala was continuing to step up and play hard. And he's been commended for that time and time again in the post-game conversations. Uh, he's definitely matured during the course of this year. Like his behavior, again, remember when he was going to be benched earlier in the year and then he went out there and scored the game winner. And uh, it was just a beautiful feeling much earlier in the season. Kevin Viola feels like a kind of guy who could wear an A on his chest at some point in his career. I don't see him as a captain, but an alternate captain. I think he could be. Uh, at very least, if, if and when somebody gets hurt, who's an alternate captain like a, like a Felino or whatever. Let's try not to think of guys getting hurt or anything. But I could see Fiala with an A on his chest someday. I truly could. Where not too long ago, that was like, Fiala, A, no, no, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, so try to keep moving forward. As I suck on this Lasange, I really need it, unfortunately. It's a pain in the butt uh, and in the th everywhere. Um, Montreal game, not a pretty one, but the Wild got the job done. It felt kind of a lackadaisical. It felt like watching the Twins lately, <laughs> where luckily the pitching's gotten better, kind of like the Wild's goaltending, generally speaking. It wasn't so good against the Sharks. Fleury didn't have a good week, let's be honest. The play in front of him wasn't so good either. You know, I mean, the lazy, lackadaisical, oh, shucks, we're playing the Sharks, oh, shucks. You know, and St. Louis getting our asses handed to us, you know, like Talbot giving up six goals, that was really frustrating. Still almost won the game, but you gave up six freaking goals. I mean, don't expect to beat the Blues when you give up six freaking goals. Don't, just, just don't even bother. Just, just shut her down at that point. If you're going to play like that, come on. <laughs> Cam Talbot, very solid in the game. There was a goal by Tyler Pitlick. 
but it was disallowed. Goalie interference. Oh well, and it wasn't on, it wasn't Tyler Pitlick's fault. Uh, Minnesota Wild were able to score two goals against franchise goaltender Carey Price, who's out on an island there in in, in Montreal. When you got both Pitlicks out there, oh God, not the Pitlicks. Oh no, they're good actually. Tyler's Tyler's what he is. He's like a bottom bottom six at best, where Rem could be a middle six kind of guy. I I like Rem Pitlick a lot. Loved him in the Gophers, but I like him as an NHL player as well. It's hard to believe he scored a hat trick for the Minnesota Wild this season. <laughs> Isn't that feels like that feels like two two years ago, doesn't it? He scored two goals. <laughs> he had a hat trick for Minnesota. He had several multi point games. Um, really like Rem Pitlick a lot. So wishing him the best in Montreal. And it's not like he had a crappy season where Tyler Pitlick was on. He's been all over the place. Uh, he was on Calgary not too long ago. Rem has thirty three points on the season. Still at 13 goals. Seems like he's been at that forever. Um, yeah, he's like a half a point a guy. Half a point a game kind of guy. Like a 40-point guy. But hey, you know, what's wrong with that? Goudreau's got 40 points. So, and people are dancing on the clouds with how well he's been playing. Yeah, Tyler definitely bottom six. And then you got Rhett Pitlick with the Gophers. We'll see how things turn out with him. Rhett. Yeah, Tyler very much in that, you know, fourth line kind of role role most of his career. He's, yep, he's been on the Stars. That's what I thought. Philly for a minute there. He was even in Arizona and he had 25 games with the Flames but only two assists. Mm, that's it. Whew. Yeah, but I do remember him on the Stars. I don't remember him too much on Edmonton, but I guess that's where he started. Yep. Yeah, now I'm starting to remember, but not super well. Not super well. I'm not in the I'm not the leader in the Tyler Pitlick fan club necessarily, but again, wishing him the best Go Pitlicks <laughs> all the way. Of course, sons of, well, nephew in Tyler's case of Lance Pitlick. So, yeah. With that said, again, a nice week in terms of getting the wins, putting the points on the board. Nice shutout by Talbot against the worst team in the league, but nice shutout by Talbot. Yes, I mean, it is what it is. You, you got to beat them. I'm very thankful that the Wild were able to win this game instead of losing 3-2 to two or something crazy like that because, you know, I mean, it, it could happen. It could happen. How many times has the Wild been trapped? Especially with Carey Price on the other side as well. And all of a sudden you can't score when you need to, and, and we lose. It's extremely frustrating. Big freaking waste. With that said, uh, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this week is Kevin Fiala with the bullet. Kevin Fiala with the bullet. No doubt about it. The James Shepard Memorial, and I'm going to be very gentle and very careful because they've had a spectacular season, and they had some good games this week as well. <clears throat> I'm really scared to say that. You're going to kill me. The whole audience is going to kill me, and I'm going to lose everybody. Caprice up at Zuccarello just for that, uh, just for that sloppy uh, Sharks game. Okay, just for the sloppy Sharks game. Okay, I, I, and and you could throw in Mark Andre Fleury as a strong honorable mention. He didn't have a good week. He didn't. But it's 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 honorable mention though. So don't worry. <laughs> Giving Mark Andre Fleury a. Uh, <laughs> James Shepard Memorial doesn't really sit well. It feels weird. I'm sure all of you are like, this guy's nuts. So that's just kind of what that is. I'm, I apologize, but I have to do it. I'm just being honest. So with that said, we'll take a quick break. We're going to preview some games coming up. It's four more again. Busy, 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 busy schedule heading into the offseason, into the postseason, actually. And with the St. Louis Blues, a, a date with the Blues. <laughs>
back here on Brave the Wild. I think my throat's a little clearer. I think so. I'd like to believe so. The Minnesota Wild. Again, the busy schedule continuing. We will play tonight versus the Vancouver Canucks. Brutes, there it is. Brutes, there it is. Ten games about 500. Again, a team that's out right now, out of the postseason, they're probably not going to make it. Not enough, you know, I don't think they can make it up and out ground. Ten games about 500. So all this talk about, oh, you only have to beat like two teams to get to the playoffs. Those days are kind of in the past. Yeah, that was like the early 90s, the last time we could say that. Yeah, beat the, you know, when Toronto sucked, which usually they did back in those days in the early 90s. Beat the Sharks when they were a franchise or uh, expansion franchise. Yeah, beat the Sharks and uh, and the and the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple times, and you'll make the playoffs. You know, those days are so so long gone. So long gone. I mean, Vancouver would have been you know one of the better teams probably with the ten uh, ten games about five hundred. They wouldn't be a cup contender because you're still going to have teams like Calgary, Colorado. You know, with records like that even back then. Of course, Vancouver can schmucks. Obviously, a very talented team. Halak is a really, really, really nice goalie. Backup goalie, anyway. Upper body injury left the game as of April the 19th. Alex Chason, April the 18th, illness. Bo Horvat, lower body left game on April 14th. Marcus Foligno, COVID-19 protocol. So now he's got that as well. He's been sick, too. It's kind of a little bit of everything with Foligno. Uh, COVID-19 protocol, injuries, this and that, so... I don't know. I guess I guess if he's going to have COVID-19, it might as well be now. He can heal up, you know, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic or make light of anything. So please don't get offended or pissed off at me. Lower body injury left the game. Tyson Jost, April the 4th, uh, 16th, pardon me, and Jordan Greenway, the upper body injury as of April the 12th. He's missed a bit of time already. Greenway's been oft injured this year, and it's freaking frustrating. Minnesota's fifth in the league in goals. Vancouver 19th. Goals against Vancouver's ninth, Minnesota 16th. Of course, we've improved dramatically after struggling earlier in the year. Power play, Vancouver's eighth, Minnesota's 19th. Penalty kill, 31st for Vancouver. Second worst in the league, Minnesota 24th. Penalty minutes, Vancouver's only uh, Vancouver's seventh, which is really good for them. About 200 less penalty minutes than Minnesota, 31st in the league. Yowzers, <laughs> that's pretty rough. Uh, the Wild are winning the series as we've won two games, 3-2. to two, One in Vancouver, one in Minnesota. Can the Minnesota Wild sweep the Vancouver Canucks? I think we can. Vancouver's trying to do their best, and of course, this is Bruce, there it is, coming back to Minnesota for the first time. So good luck, Bruce Boudreau. Bruce Boudreau coming to Minnesota. Actually, this is the second time. Um, yeah, the 3-2 to two win was earlier. Oh, the one that was in the Exxoner. That was with Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, trying to keep forgetting when uh, the last time uh, or when he took over the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks had won four games in a row and they lost to the Ottawa Senators. Well, okay. Vancouver's still trying to kind of knock away, knock at the door, trying to squeeze in, but I don't think it's going to happen. Sharks, they beat the Sharks 4-2, beat Vegas 5-4, beat Arizona 7-1, beat Dallas 6-2, and lost to Ottawa 4-3. Minnesota's also 4-1 in our last five. Vancouver, again, far, far away from clinching any type of a playoff spot, at least from my belief. Oh, no, they're they're four points in. So, yeah, they still got a shot, but losing to Ottawa wasn't going to help. I mean, yeah, I, I know you can't expect to win like nine, 19 games in a row or something, but, well, they were knocking on the door. They're two games behind Vegas, who's two, uh, two points behind Vegas, who's also two points behind the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars hold the final spot. 
for the postseason as they will most likely be playing the yeah Colorado Avalanche. Of course, Nashville would have to go up against the Calgary Flames and probably get their butts handed to them, even though they're a very, 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 very dangerous team. Honestly, both of them are. That freaking Robertson, jeez, he's got like 35, 36 goals on the season. So Vancouver, obviously, lots of talent, but again, injuries and such. This is on the wrong... There we go. It's on the wrong thing here. I apologize. JT Miller leads the club in scoring. There was talk about wild trading for him at one point. That would be a little expensive. 93 points on the season. 30 goals. Spectacular season. Elias Pettersson, who I love, absolutely love. 63 points in 75 games. Horvat out. Missed a couple games, but he's generally been one of the more durable guys. 52 points on the season. Brock Bester has not been the most durable guy, but when he's healthy, he's pretty dangerous. 43 points. 21 of those goals in 66 games. Not having his best season. Maybe a good time to trade for him, huh? Brad Hunt, 16 points. 16 points for the former Minnesota Wild uh, happy man. Uh, I absolutely love Brad Hunt, and I think everybody does. Played for Bemidji State years and years and years ago now because he's, definitely, he's definitely a veteran in his 30s. Brad Hunt, nice little season for him. Luke Shatton, yeah, that interesting fight uh, <laughs> a couple weeks back, or like a week ago. Um... Very, very winnable game for Minnesota. Should be able to get the job done. It's just Vancouver is dangerous, and they're they're playing with their backs against the wall, and there's no tomorrow, all those cliches. So it, it could definitely be a game you end up losing. Uh, you play like the, you play like you did against the San Jose Sharks versus this Vancouver team. You are going to lose the game. <laughs> very much so. Minnesota, I think Minnesota should be able to go 3-1 and one this week, but very good chance we could go 2-2 two and two if we screw around and act stupid here. Um... This is going to be, if the rotation continues, you're going to have Mark andre Fleury in this one, Talbot versus Seattle, Fleury versus Nashville. I'm sorry, Fleury. I'm sorry. Ouch. In Nashville, by the way. And then Talbot versus Arizona. Talbot drawing a couple of easy ones, so maybe he can get that goals against average a little bit uh, better than ever. <laughs> oh, especially since the, you know, since before the trade there, when Talbot really started to take off, because he knew. He, he had wind that, that something was going to happen. And he just started stepping up. Just that natural, like, okay, all right. All right, you sons of biscuits, you know. <laughs> I'll show you what I can do. You know, that kind of thing, as anybody would have it would, when you have a competitive bone in your body. This is a 50-50 kind of a pick em type of game. I'm going to step out in good faith and believe the Minnesota Wild win this thing. 4-3, 4-3, to 4-2. Minnesota Wild get the job done. Most likely guy to score in the game, Kevin Fiala. Uh, for the sake of time, let's keep moving. Get to play the Seattle Sea Krakens. So, Sea Krakens. The Sea, the Sea Krakens, basically, is what they are. Um, why did I do that? Interesting, obviously. They're, they started out the season kind of dangerous. They gave us a little bit of a headache at times. And now they're just kind of like, you know, they're kind of like the Wild were in our first season with a little bit more, with a with little bit bigger names on the roster. Minnesota lost to Seattle in our first ever meeting, which was ridiculous, 4-1. to one. And then I believe this is when Pitlick had the hat trick, 4-2, several, several months ago. 4-2 victory for Minnesota. Uh, Mr. Uh, Rem Pitlick had the hat trick. Seattle's in the mid to upper 20s in basically every stat except goals, 24th. Uh, penalty kill, 25th. Power play, 29th. Penalty minutes, 16th, so at least they're decent there. Minnesota did win that game, 4-2. Again, Pitlick with the hat trick. Minnesota should be able to take care of business in this one. Talbot should be a net. I expect fairly low scoring. Seattle actually has been playing very well. They had a game postponed versus Winnipeg. Interesting. On the 13th. 
They've actually won three in a row as they've had the Kraken. They lost to Calgary, big shocker, 5-3 to three in Calgary in the Saddle Dome there. 4-3 to three win versus New Jersey, 4-2 to two win versus Ottawa. 3-2 to two versus the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. Wouldn't that be funny for a single elimination like the NCAA tournament? Seattle, Seattle's in the NCAA tournament, and they're playing the Colorado Avalanche. And then it's like Holy Cross versus the Gophers, 2006. Sorry for that horrible memory, but that would be funny. Oh, my God. That, yeah, that single elimination after playing all these games and doing all, all that work. That'd be cruel, man. Oh, sorry, Colorado. You're, you're out. You lost one game to the Seattle Kraken. That's it. Bye. See you next, see you next October. It'll be really funny. Oh, God. That would be brutal. Seattle Kraken. Yeah, let's just move. I'm screwing around. Why is this doing this to me? As most of the numbers just not good for the Seattle Kraken. Apologize for my this thing. I was giving me a hard time for a minute there. Jared McCann's leading the club in scoring. 26 goals, 45 points on the year. Uh, Jordan Eberle, former New York Islander, 41 points there. 19 of them goals. Vince Dunn with 34. That's got to be a career high. Ryan Donato, wow. 29 points for Ryan Donato. Nice. Jan Kroc, I believe he went to the Calgary Flames, didn't he? Jarn Kroc, sorry. Jarn Kroc. He went to the Calgary Flames, right? Yep, and only two points in 12 games. All right. All right. Two points in 12 games. Woohoo. Um, yeah, that's one of those trade acquisitions. That's It's cute and everything, but Carson Susie, 10, 10 goals for Carson Susie. Wow, 20 points total, but 10 goals. Impressive. Mark Giordano, definitely career low there, former Calgary Flame. Only 23 points, 6 goals for him, but mm. and then he's watching his former club that he was the captain of for, for a long time basically tear up the league ever since about December. They have been the best team on the planet since December. Like I said, I've got a very good feeling about them. I've got a very good feeling Minnesota should be able to take care of business. I'm gonna I think this is gonna be one of those low scoring Montreal type games, two to one with Talbot and that. Minnesota wins, of course. The most likely got a score in this game. I'm gonna go with uh, Matt Boldy. He's gonna score here. Seems like young guys are for Minnesota are the guys that help us win the game. Matt Boldy scores for Minnesota. Versus the Seattle Kraken. Now you got the National Predators coming up, and that's a pain in the butt. Why did I do this? <laughs> I keep messing myself up, don't I? Yep. Super quick injury report with the Seattle Kraken. Jaden Schwartz, upper body injury, left the game as of March the 26th, and a torn ACL for Brendan Tenev, the guy that was uh, signed when uh, the, the, uh, the other person cut uh, Johnny Goudreau. Hmm. That might be that's one of those historic moves, man. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that on my record. Sorry, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but man, I would not want that on my record. Okay, enough about fantasy. I'm sorry. Just hoping for something. Nashville, Jeremy Lausanne, <laughs> lower body injury, April sixteenth. Matt Luff illness. April the fourteenth. Very, very familiar names, I'm sure, right? Alright? I don't know. Michael McCarran, that is a familiar name. Because most National Predators are familiar when they're keeping us awake at night at times. Upper body injury left the game on April the 5th. Mike, Michael McCarron. Nashville's 13th in goals. 13th in goals against. Okay. All right. <laughs> 32nd in penalty minutes. They are the worst and the worst of the worst. And they have over 150. Uh, they have 158 more penalty minutes than the Minnesota Wild, who are the second worst team in the league in terms of, like, high penalty minutes. Wow, Nashville. And yet they still kick our ass. Why? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. 
penalty minute is penalty kill. Pardon me, it's fifteenth uh, in the league for Nashville. So well, it's middle of the road because they get a lot of penalties. <laughs> Power play is seventh. I can see that dangerous club. Dangerous club. Nashville has already won the season series. They're up three games to Zilch. Beat the Minnesota Wild five to two, six to two, and six to two. And this one's in Nashville on Sunday, April 24th. What do you think is going to happen? Nashville probably is going to win, but I'd love to see Minnesota finally take it to the Nashville Predators and whatever, you know, put them down a bit further. Maybe see them get killed by Calgary. They actually beat uh, Calgary most recently. Wow. And in overtime, or shootout, actually. One goal, Calgary didn't get any in the shootout. You say Saros has been a wonderful goalie. He's got four shutouts on the season, 2.57 goals against average, save percentage 92. Roman Josie has 89 points. He is a defenseman, by the way. Most of you know that, but just in case you don't, 89 points. That is not common. <laughs> that is not common. Matt Duchesne, 78 points. Obviously fairly common there. 40-goal season for Matt Duchesne. Nice year for Matt Duchesne. Yeah, for well, him. Philip Forsberg, a thorn in our side. Ryan Johansson, a thorn in our side for years. I still remember when Philip Forsberg was on the Minnesota Wild list. He was uh, in the draft when that draft was taking place. Minnesota National must have been fairly close. Philip Forsberg kept popping up, and I was hoping for him. I truly was years ago. 76 points in 64 games. Very, 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 very good player. Ryan Johansson's been a headache for Minnesota forever. Mikhail Granlin, 55 points. Creeping up on that career high there. 55 points, only 10 goals. Mikhail Granlin. I hope I didn't call him Michael. That would be really embarrassing. Only 10 goals, 45 assists. Still not in Zuccarello's camp, is he? Nope. Mattias Eckholm's one of, uh, one of the underrated defensemen in the league. 28 total points. Really like him. Eckholm, I like him. Um, had some good moments. Luke Cunning, former Minnesota Wild first. Round pick, 22 total points, 13 of them goals. It is what it is. It truly is. <laughs> Philip Forsberg, obviously, again, love what he can do. Nashville's 3-2 uh, and two in their last five. They beat the Sharks 1-0. Lost to Edmonton 4 to nothing. All right. Beat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3, to three, just like they did years ago when they were the eighth seed. Minnesota and Chicago were 1-2 and two in the Western Conference, and we both lost that year in 2017. So at least Chicago lost to Nashville. Nashville went all the way to the Cup Final, only to lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Congratulations, State of Hoppy. Scott, congratulations. 8-3 to three demolition. St. Louis crushed the National Predators, but then the Predators return and defeat the Calgary Flames in the shootout. Impressive. Impressive. A team that they very likely will be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Cody Glass, what's he doing there? Going crazy. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville. Mm. Yep, they're they're scary. They're a scary team, but we probably will not be playing the Predators in the playoffs. It would be an entertaining series, and I think Minnesota would show a lot more in that series than people believe. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Minnesota would actually win that series. I do. As crazy as that might sound. And then we get to play the Montreal Canadiens of the Western Conference, the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Dyson Mayo. All right. <laughs> yeah. April 20th, upper body injury. Hmm. Insert joke there. Clayton Keller, obviously first-round type of a player and all that. Fractured leg, left game, March the 30th. See you next year, Clayton. Lawson Cruz. <laughs> oh, he had a fractured hand. What's up with the broken bones on March 30th, guys? Ouch. That sucks. Two guys broke bones. Ugh. Ugh. That stinks. 
Phil Kessel, Mr. Hot Dog himself, and I don't think he eats in and I don't think he'd eat Nathan hot dogs. I think something a little bit heavier. God, he looks funny. He looks he he does he looks like some guy from Chicago pounded down hot dogs at the Cubs game. Hey, let's go, Cubbies. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Eating those Chicago style hot dogs, which sound really tasty right now. Thirty uh, second in goals, bottom of the barrel. Only hundred and eighty eight on the season. Come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. 30th in goals against. Uh, they have the least amount of assists. They have the second worst penalty kill in the league. They have the third uh, third worst power play in the league. What is what the hell? 30th in the power play. 31st in penalty kill. They're actually worse than Montreal in a lot of stats. And and they're the next worst team in penalty minutes. Minnesota's trying to stay out of the box here. Only a four minute four minute difference between these two clubs, which is really funny. Just beat the Coyotes, okay? Five to two Minnesota. Five to two Minnesota in both cases. Arizona is 0-5 in their last five. Yeah, they're like, please, I just want to go home. I just want to call it a... T- or just go home even if it's in Arizona, which would be nice. You know, it's better than, you know, 35 and raining in Minnesota right now. But, of course, at the moment, it's in the mid-40s and sunny. So that's that's an improvement. 6-2 to two loss to New Jersey. Oh, 7-1 loss to Vancouver. Oh, 9-1 loss to Calgary. Oh, oh my God! Five to three loss to Carolina. Four to three loss to Chicago. Okay, got a little better, but you're still lost. Ugh. Yeah, Minnesota, don't lose this game. Okay, don't lose this game. Stop with the stupid turnovers and the sloppy play. Just win the game. Five to two. Five to two. Four to two. Four to two. Minnesota victory. Coca Prisov will will score and get closer and closer to his 100th point, maybe, just maybe, he'll get his 100th point in this game, depending on how things go during the course of this week. Assists piling up, maybe a goal and two assists in one of these games and such, and then this one's like, this one seals the deal. He's only six points away, so it's quite possible that uh, Kirill Kaprizov could get six points in a four-game stretch. Quite, quite possible. i got to think he's going to have a better week than this last one because it wasn't a real good week. Let's just be fair and honest about that. With that, we'll take... uh, couple seconds to look at the prospects here. It's not going to be as in-depth as it's been in the past because, you know, seasons have ended and, of course, no college and this and that. But, of course, juniors have been still going. Guys like Pavel Novak continue to be freaking awesome. 72 points in 62 games. Love what he's done for the Kelowna Rockets. Damon Hunt, one of my favorite defensemen in the system. I think it's working. Yep, there it is. Ah, okay. Updated profile. They just updated it. That's funny. Looks totally different than the last one. <laughs> 39 points. He's got 17 goals in 46 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Love what he can do there. Ryan O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Why is this acting like this? It's been a tough day. It's been a really tough day. I'm not feeling my best, and this thing is acting funny today. 46 points. 10 goals for the uh, with the Sioux Greyhounds or Ryan O'Rourke. 46 total points. Seven. Uh, he's a plus seven for those Sioux Greyhounds. Love what he's done. Who's Nadinov? Had a long playoff run. Didn't score a whole lot of points, but had a couple of moments. Marco Rossi. I forgot to go to Iowa. Yep, they've had some good moments. Minnesota Sheffield's kind of up and down. Yep, he's with the uh, Minnesota Wild at the moment. Nick Swain. He's at 37 points with 15 goals. Adam Beckman, 33 points. Kalen Addison, 31. Joe Hickett's 30 points, but he's not really a major prospect. He's a possible call-up on occasion, but uh, we'll see. Mason Shaw's had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. 50 points now for his uh, career high there with also 104 penalty minutes. Second only to Cody McCollod, who's basically there to rough people up at age 37. The former Colorado uh, tough guy 
basically. He's the he's the yep, he's the tough guy for that club, the uh <laughs> the the Delorier at age thirty seven. He must be having fun out there. Kyle Rowell, 50 points. Marco Rossi, 51 to still lead the club, just barely in scoring, and he's been pretty healthy most of the year. Good for Marco Rossi in that sense. Uh, really impressed with what Mason Shaw has been doing, though, during the course of the season. He's just been climbing and climbing and climbing. He might end up leading the club in scoring by the end of the season. He certainly has the momentum to do so at age 22. Let's not forget, he's only 22 years of age still at the moment. It's 23. Why do they say that? It's like it's like it's stuck in the past. That's stupid. Yeah, I thought it was 23. I'm like, no, that ain't right. <laughs> he turned 23 in November. Okay, whatever. But 23 is very, very young, and to be doing that well in the AHL is a good sign. Mason Shaw, hopefully he can keep the dream alive. Obviously a smaller guy at only 5'10", but certainly, but certainly uses his weight in every way, shape, and form. Um, 104 penalty minutes. Jeez, yep, definitely been a physical guy, but can score can score, and can set other players up. Love what Mason Shaw brings, and he's been the player of the week for Iowa, no question about it. No doubt. Um, and that's who I thought it was. Philip Johansson ended up, as I was kind of clicking around here, I apologize. Philip Johansson actually ended up getting the player of the week for MNW, Minnesota Wild, basically. Young Guns, you know, getting the player of the week. Mason Shaw right up there with three points and three games. Philip Johansson, three points in two games. I don't really consider him a prospect anymore. I think the Wild pretty much have moved on from that from him, but I, I, I guess he still still counts. So, And for him, getting three points is a big deal. Ties a career high with 11 on the season. So congratulations, Philip Johansson. Definitely wishing him the best, no question about it. Jack McBain had his first assist the other day for the Sappy and crappy Arizona. Uh, yeah, that team. That Arizona team versus that. That was the Calgary Flames game. He had an assist early on when Arizona actually scored very early in the game. Assist for Jack McBain. His first point in the NHL. But, yeah, good luck, Jack. It can't be fun. That can't be fun. I mean, yay, I get to play. But, like, yeah, it's like that's almost like an AHL team. We'll get to see Jack play because Minnesota coming up. We'll see about that. Uh, what happens there? Nate Benoit, Mr. Point-A-Week guy. He got his another point here. Congratulations. <laughs> Third assist now for the Omaha Lancers, now in 18 games. He's been finally doing something offensively. <laughs> Josh Pilar, only six points, continuing to struggle in 17 games for the Saskatoon Blades. After being so good for Cam Looms earlier in the year, Kyle Masters, only 14 points, definitely stay-at-home guy, and a plus 24 on the season. Aiden Bankier, 60 points. Yep. It's like he's, he chips away, but again, another guy whose pace has definitely slowed down. Earlier, he was on a really, really good pace, well over a point a game. Now he's considerably less than a point a game, but 60 points is 60 points, and he's super young, and God bless him, and wish for the best there. Carson Lambos, man, continuing to be as good a defenseman as the Wild have in the system. 47 points in 51 games. He's a plus 42 for the Winnipeg Ice. Can't wait to see what he could do at the next level. Cannot wait. Unfortunately, he might have to be another year in juniors, and he's going to be like a like a he's going to be like Paul Coffey in juniors next year if if he keeps at the pace he's been playing. Um, we'll have to wait and see about that though. Um, some people are talking about Jasper Wallstead possibly coming to North America next year. I I hope so. And why the heck not? It'd be nice to see him at least in the AHL. Um, goalies take time, so don't get too excited. Don't push too fast. You don't want to jump the gun too quickly, but obviously there is a future with Jesper Wallstead in Minnesota. 
or I should gosh darn make you freaking hope so because you don't take goalies in the first round unless you absolutely believe that's a starter coming forward uh, at some point in the next you know two to three years two to five years max absolute max with the five that's really far actually but you know eh, you know you'd only be 23 so that's how that goes um that's the prospects let's take a quick break and enjoy some fan interaction conversation which is always an absolute delight for myself back here on Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. First we'll get to the Vigit app on Android and Apple devices of course. It's basically fantasy betting and when you join it, when they ask for a referral, it's Paladino Live. All one word. One word. It'll be in the show description. Social media for sports bettors. You can see, you can post about your picks and see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats is great information available on the Vigit Lakeland movement where the public is betting. Like I said, it's fantasy betting, so it is not real money wagering. All of that good stuff. Encourage you to join Crypto.com. It's fun to watch cryptocurrencies and trade them and such. Of course, it's no guaranteed win, just like anything else, just like the housing, you know, just, just like the housing industry, you know, commodity trading stocks, all that. Nothing is a guarantee. Absolutely nothing on this planet is a guarantee. So I'm not up here saying you're going to make money. Yes, but you absolutely can. And it's and it's fine, quite frankly. Plus, it's nice that you can trade anytime, anytime, 24-7, 365. That's the most unique and fun part about cryptocurrency trading compared to like you're going to go buy a house or whatever, buy or sell a house. You can't do that on Christmas Day. And if you do, you're an asshole, <laughs> I think. Stock trading? No. Um, cryptocurrency, yeah, absolutely. It's it's always there, so pretty damn cool. And you can do it anywhere in the world, too. So, Crypto.com, that's the name of the app for Android Apple devices. There is a link in the show description. Click on that. It'll show that I referred you, and you get $25. Put in your account, and it'll help this show as well. So, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Tom Hayen leading us off here as he shared the recent post, well, when I first uh, up- uploaded Episode 290, Home Ice Advantage. And Tom Hayen, this made you feel like a million dollars. Wagon circling at its finest. Thank you very much, Tom. That is awesome. Hashtag MNWild, hashtag BTWMN. And yes, I encourage you all, please continue to put hashtag BTWMN when you comment on the show. So, yes. When you comment on the show, hashtag BTWMN, then I can have it all organized and ready to go. I was saying how... uh, it's been about it's been a few days now. Uh, Russo said, despite cap squeeze, Miles must Wild must find a way to keep Kevin Fiala. Yep, this is the Athletic, and I uh, shared it, and I said agree 100%. Got some likes and a retweet, so very cool there. Derek Felska says now that the Wild have clinched a playoff spot. Do you have a uh, yep? Do you have a Minnesota Wild question on your mind? Ask Brave the Wild. Tag your questions hashtag BTWMN and ask them. And ask as many as you wish, pardon me. Yep, Derek Felska is at crease and assist, at crease and assist. Obviously, great, great hockey mind. Busy guy this week teaching, and what are they doing? Those, uh, what do they call those tests? Those, <laughs> those, those, those weird tests where you throw the little circles. 
uh, standardized testing. Yep, me and him had a little brief conversation about that. I, I kind of missed it. I kind of liked it back in the day in the 90s and 80s and such. I kind of liked it because it was a break from the grind of like the boring old class, class, class. But sounds like it's more complicated and crappy now. So that's unfortunate. Um, yep, Derek is a teacher there in western Wisconsin, pretty close to Minnesota. So he's obviously 100% Minnesotan and all that good stuff. Looks like there's a little conversation thrown in here. I'll get back to, I'll, I'll read, oh no, they're their hashtag BGWMN, so they'll show up shortly. Hopefully I don't miss them. I shouldn't. No. Jay Bushy, there he is. Cap and Zooks seem a little off lately. I agree. <laughs> I think they need to be more selfish and just shoot the puck. Your thoughts? I do too. It's all about the whole, um, very recently, Dean Evison said we're a north-south team. We're not a east-west team, like about all getting cute and stuff. Pass, 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 pass. Just like that whole funny commercial with the coffee cup. Eventually, it's like, okay, it might not be Ryan Hartman picking up the coffee cup. It might be Vladimir Tarasenko. It might be <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen. You don't want that, do you? So that's the fear. So I, I agree with you 100 million percent there. Um, stuff like that can cost you not only a game, but a series, especially against the St. Louis Blues. So, yeah, that might be Braden Shen picking the cup up and drinking the coffee. So just, just drink away, guys. Just drink the coffee. Okay, just come come on now. Come on now. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you nailed it, Jay. I love it. Um, it's just ironic how that commercial shows you. Uh, Tom Hayen was saying... What was going on? Okay, I'll get the Steve Snyder's coming right here. If the Wild don't get past round one, does that change the mindset for the future? Or is this a cup, uh, cup or bust situation and those decisions have already been made? Uh, Tom was saying it shouldn't. Got to get a different special teams coach on staff before the start of the next season, however. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Because the special teams have been horrible. Um, either a different philosophy, a different coach, kind of all the above. So some something's not right there, which is unfortunate. I do think all the assistants got uh, contracts at the same time as Dean Everson, though. That's one thing to talk about. Um it's a tough one. A cap, cup or bust. Yeah, I mean, it's it shouldn't change the... Uh, no, I, I don't think it should change the mindset for the future, necessarily. Um, luckily, you have a lot of young guys coming up the pike. Um, guys like, obviously, Rossi. Uh, you already have Boldy up here. Maybe Beckman hopefully can become something. Shaw, I don't know. Shaw, Shaw could easily fit in the bottom six, though, I think. And be something really nice. Like he, he could be a nice third liner. I think Shaw might have a nice uh, third line career, and who knows? We'll have to wait and see with that. And Connor DeWer, you know, obviously he's he's definitely bottom six because I don't see a whole lot of scoring touch beyond the uh, AHL, to be quite fair. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, there were moments where it looked like he was gonna he was gonna have some nice uh, goal scoring chances, and it just just quite simply got stopped. Not because he made a weak attempt, but it just got stopped. So maybe eventually those pucks will start going in for Connor to work. Uh, it was definitely a struggle this year offensively for him, though. It's time to go circle the wagon some more here. Yep. <laughs> hey, Tom, right? <laughs> Derek Felska at Crease and Assist. Again, writes wonderful articles talking about the Minnesota Wild Hockey. Writes for Youth Hockey as well. Uh, he writes the previews for Minnesota. Uh, actually, reviews. He, 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 he reviews the game and Teresa previews. Sorry, I'm a little disoriented. And I apologize. Derek says, how far do you think the Minnesota Wild will get in the NHL playoffs? Are they a contender or are they a pretender? Oh, my. This, this, uh, the answer to this question could change day to day. It depends on how damn serious they are. And that's what drives me nuts. Um, interesting. Yep, Let's Go Wild replied twice. Um, Let's Go Wild says, honestly, not really. Ha ha. 
have only been around 22 years, or yeah, A, have only been around 22 years, yeah. B, at least offensively, it's not like we typically have lit it up prior to this year. Miko, uh, maybe Miko Cuevo's game, uh, game played for a while, but hopefully Spurgeon gets there. Okay. Oh, the team records. Okay. This is different. This is a different conversation. What the heck? I read something else. Why did it? I apologize. I'm stupid. Yeah, I clicked on the wrong one. How far do I think the Wild will get in the NHL playoffs? Are they a contender or are they a pretender? I think there's a very good chance they can at least get to the second round. Um, I think they can get past the Blues. Uh, as for defeating the Avalanche in a series, it's going to be tough. It depends on how the Minnesota Wild can uh, compete with... Uh, the call uh, can compete with Colorado and all that and frustrate Darcy Kemper. If you can frustrate Darcy Kemper and get in his head, I think Colorado's in huge, huge, huge trouble. That's definitely going to be the undoing for the Avalanche, possibly against the Calgary Flames in the Western Conference Final, or against uh, Minnesota or St. Louis in the second round. Um, that's the thing. Uh, Colorado will be playing, what, the Dallas Stars most likely, or the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh-oh, in the first round. Watch out if the Knights uh, pick it up and get ready to go. They're still in the mix. Uh, if you're Vancouver, that would be funny. Um, I think a pretender. I swear, it's like, this is the lamest answer ever. It's like they're somewhere in the middle, it feels like. They have the players to be a uh, to be a contender. Be all like a priest of Zuccarillo, Boldy, you know, guys like that. Uh, they have the goaltenders to be a contender. Do they have the mentality, the mental toughness, the stick-to-itiveness? and all that to be a contender. I think they do. Man, it's really tough. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one for me. For me, it's not as black and white for, for some people. Like, oh, absolutely they're a contender, or absolutely they're a pretender, pretender. I I, I think it's going to be hard for them to, to go, go to the cup or whatever, so maybe like very mildly a pretender in a way. But a contending pretender, I guess. <laughs> the, the next one is... With the Minnesota Wild individual, this is the one where there was a response, individual and team records being rewritten all over the place this season. Are there Minnesota Wild person, uh, personal or team records that you think will never be broken? Okay, so that's where you heard, uh, honestly, not really. Um, at least offensively, we have not lit it up prior to this year. Maybe Miko Cuevo's games played for a while. Yeah, like that'll be held on to for a while, but hopefully Spurgeon gets there. Okay. Uh, the next one is, or... This is a weird record, but games played by a goalie currently backs him with 409, but hopefully Wallstead shatters it someday. Yeah, so it's like those are definitely records that uh, there probably aren't any records that won't be broken. Um, this season, yeah, it's going to, you know, Kaprizov, he, he may break his own records in terms of goals and points. He's the only guy that I think it's going to, in, in uh, the uh, not-too-distant future, that will have a chance at breaking this year. Because I think he's going to get to what, right about 145 goals or whatever. 100 points and 45 goals is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I want to say 145 goals. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm thinking. Yep. Um, something that will never be broken. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's tough to say at this point. I think they're, they're definitely catchable uh, at the end of the day, as long as I'm reading that correctly. What is your favorite arcade game you played growing up? If the Minnesota Wild were an arcade game, which one would they be? Ooh. <laughs> Favorite arcade game growing up? I think, I'm thinking Galaga or Centipede or even Asteroids. Gosh darn it. Yeah, if you want to think of those, those retros that I really enjoyed playing back in the day. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was an absolute favorite. 1943 was an absolute favorite. Because, um, yeah, 1943 goes all the way back into the, well into the 80s at Shakey's Pizza. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was at Roller Garden in St. Louis Park. Um, Roller Gardens, that's what I grew up calling it. For some reason, it said Roller Garden lately. Not sure what changed there or if I'm mentally crazy. Uh, there's so many good ones, man. Centipede, I just love to death. Maybe I grew more of a, maybe I grew more love for it later, but I suppose I've always liked it. Uh, Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter was the hugest. I think as a kid, but this game is so damn hard. <laughs> and I think I liked it more on Commodore 64 than the actual arcade because the controls are really difficult on the arcade because it's like too fast or too slow, too fast, too slow, too fast, too slow, and you die in like one second and your quarters are gone. Um, so maybe not that one. It's pretty much routine. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Asteroids, I think. I'm going to go with Asteroids because I just loved how the, the, the they call them Vectrex graphics or Vector graphics, pardon me. The Vectrex was this really rare game system that had Vectrex graphics. Vector graphics. Uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful look. I, you know, the, the bullet or shot or whatever, it would light up the screen and it was so cool and I thought that was the most unique thing ever. And it came out in 1979, the year I was born. So I will rest on Asteroids. Um, if the Minnesota Wild were an arcade game, which one would they be? It may very well be Asteroids. Colorado, dun, dun, dun. Calgary, dun, 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 dun. St. Louis, you know. Okay, that's the wrong song. That's uh, Space Invaders. Um... Maybe they're space invaders. I don't know with all these teams like hanging around. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to get through this Western Conference of like Calgary. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they're space invaders. Uh, Calgary and uh, Colorado and St. Louis. You know, there's some tough teams. And even if you get through, you still got possibly, you know, Tampa Bay, Florida, or Carolina on the other side, or even Toronto somehow, some way, which would all be really, really, really tough for the Wild to beat. So we'll go with that one. Space invaders. It's going to be tough. Um, if, let's see, the Minnesota Wild. Let's see, there's a response on some of these, though. Let's see what the arcade one is. Oh, come on. He when it does that. Morty says Pong. That was it. And then the Asteroids. So, yep, Asteroids could be how that's what the Wild are right now. And that could be right. It's, yeah, all the rocks coming at you. Maybe that one's better. I don't know. I keep going back and forth between those two. And Morty liked Pong. All right. Pong was awesome. Yeah, it's great, obviously. It's, it's as far back as they go. The Minnesota Wild are starting to resemble a MASH ward. Hmm, interesting. M-A-S-H ward. Is there any player that you wouldn't feel too upset if they didn't return to the Wild lineup? Yeah, MASH, because they're like, yeah. And then Morty says, Jordy Ben. <laughs> yep, I, I, that's a big one. I'd say Jordy Ben. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't miss him too much, even though he actually had a good week, but I don't trust him going forward. Um... I guess I'll stick with him, Morty. Yeah, I'll stick with Jordy Ben. I think you I think you pretty much hit what a lot of us might be saying. Um I wouldn't feel too bad if Jordy Ben didn't return. Part part of me is almost like that about John Merrill too at times. But I mean yeah, John Merrill or Jordy Ben, I think those two have been pretty meh. Like John Merrill had been bad for a while, right at, right after his contract was signed. Imagine that. Uh huh. Jimmy Dean Bacon. Mm mm mm. Sounds good. Brian Herrera says do you listen to the podcast Worst Seats in the House? Yes. Yep. Yep. One of the few I do nowadays other than, you know, well, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but 
definitely not uh, competitors, though. No, I, I used to, and it's like, why would it? Not much. Uh, soda pot. Okay, I'll stop. Soda pot I enjoy most of the time, yes. Um, do you listen to the podcast, Worst Season in the House? Your show with Derek reminded me of it when when uh, you went back and forth and did the fan interaction together. Yeah, it was fun. And, yeah, so so thank you for that. I, I'll take that as a, a pretty good compliment. Um, and I'm glad, oh, yeah, me and uh, me and <laughs> Derek also kind of uh, made a little uh, nudge at, like, yeah, at least we're not talking about Kowalskis and all that nonstop. And I understand it's like a sponsor and stuff, but, yeah, the endless conversation about the, the their trips and such, and uh, some of that personal stuff gets really tiring. So that's what I don't like about worst seats in the house. I liked it better when it was Jim Stuhan when they just talked about the Minnesota Wild. Oh, Jim Stuhan doesn't know anything about hockey. I don't care. Anthony Lapantha talks about wine and and food like like fifty percent of the show. I don't care about wine and food when I'm listening to a hockey show, maybe for like about five minutes or less. So that would be my rip towards that show. Otherwise. I, I like it very much, generally speaking. Russo, when he talks hockey, is fantastic. I don't need to hear about their trips. I don't give a crap. You know, I, I don't want to hear about people's trips on Facebook either. I, I just keep scrolling, as they say, and I don't like it. I don't. I just keep scrolling. You know, that's the best way to go. Um, but, yeah, thank you. I, I like that because, obviously, it's when they talk about the wild, they're really good, generally. <laughs> Derek Felska, looks like this is it. says, uh, Marco Rossi set the rookie record with Iowa, and he looked about as excited as someone being told they needed to come in and work on Saturday. Oh, oh, I know that feeling oh so well. And I usually have that same look, like, leave me alone. <laughs> does he have Does he have the right to feel annoyed, or does he need to accept it and be the best he can be without pouting? I would go with the latter. I need to, he needs to accept it and be the best he can be without pouting because, well, I mean, he needs to work his way up. And I think, I think he's probably going to come to the NHL next year. I don't think they're going to leave him in Iowa next season. That's my guess. He'll have an off season to get better and better and better, stronger, this and that, mentally, physically stronger. So it, it, it it's okay. I'm sure it's that it's an impatience thing. You're hungry. You want to be a pro, an NHL player, and you've been stuck in the minor league all season. So I get that, but it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. I, <laughs> Boldy. Boldy spent a lot of time in college, so, I mean, that's the kind of the difference, you can say, where, you know, that's where Boldy was more developed. Obviously, he's a little bit older as well, slightly older. He was a couple years in college, and then a little bit of time in Iowa as well. So, it's not like he jumped right to the NHL right away either. So, that's just how it is. You have to develop and get ready uh, and all that. So, I'm not too mad at, uh, I'm I'm not uh, too mad at anybody saying that he should accept it and, uh, and, be ready for next season at the end of the day. Be ready for next season coming to the NHL. So, thank you guys. Thank you very much for the interaction. Always appreciate it very, very much. Thank you, Derek, always for putting out the bat signal, as we like to call it. Really looking forward to this season. I hope I wasn't too disoriented today, and if I was, I really apologize. Just, I don't know, what the heck? It just popped up on me again today. Come on. I was feeling way better the last, like, five or six days. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I, I felt like crap again. What the hell? So, I'm really sorry just in case. So if, if the show was still good, I'm, I appreciate it very much. And please tell your friends about the show if you could. Uh, thank you guys that have been commenting every week. Brian Herrera, Jay Bushy, Derek, of course. Um, uh, Tom Hayen, who comments. Steve Snyder. Thank you very much, Steve. Really appreciate you. Uh, 
Um, Jay Bushy. Uh, Jay Bushy, absolutely. I hope I mentioned Jay. I think I did. Just really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom, for the share. Circle Wagning at its finest. From you, I take that as a gigantic compliment, and I really appreciate that, Tom. That, that, that meant a lot to me. Um, those of you that share this show, I, I just, you know, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, Shout-outs to Minnesota Wild. Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, David Abraham, um, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, Chad Walski, of course. I absolutely love that page. Uh, MN, MNW Guns, of course. Minnesota Wild Young Guns, excuse me. Wonderful page where we keep up with the prospects and such. Again, I haven't been... I haven't been a part of it as much this year in terms of uh, because the, the the prospects that I would be covering would be in the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League or the British Columbia Hockey League. So it is what it is. Hopefully some prospects will go that way. But uh, Pavel Bennett, Justin Backy, Brandon Quast, Bakke, Brandon Quast, do an unbelievable job on that page. Huge shout-out to you guys. Uh, huge, huge shout-out to you guys. You do a wonderful job on the show. Uh, on, on the page and keeping up with the prospects and keeping everybody updated and just it's been growing and doing such a great job you guys I really appreciate what you do so I'm more than happy to continue to share it and I'm very proud to be a part of that page and can't wait to be writing about some uh, players in the future Minnesota Wild Nation Patrick Turner big recommendation there as well please write a positive rating for the show on any of the apps out there like Apple uh, Apple Podcasts uh, Stitcher Audible or Spotify. I think you can do a star rating. Those of you that do that, thank you so much. Anyone in the future, thank you in advance if you could do that. Really, really hope you could. And again, tell your friends about the show. Don't be afraid to call in sometime. It's been a while since somebody actually has, but the fan interaction hashtag BTWMN is totally fine as well. But if you want to call in, have your voice. Even Derek can do it as well. Derek, of course. Yeah, I mean, anybody can do it. Audio submission is what we call it. Use your free voice recording app on any smart device on the planet, be it Android or Apple. Open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and then share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. This will be in the show description, as it always is. I always want to thank Zumzar for providing a service where I can convert the file to MP3, which is always a great, great pleasure. Thank you always, Zumzar, for that. Wishing all of you again a wonderful week. Hopefully Minnesota can continue to head in the right direction and stop getting injured for the love of God. Mm-hmm.